1: Proxy, nothing personal, word of the day for Tuesday, January 4th, 2022 is proxy. Proxy is when you do someone else's bidding. It doesn't matter what, it could be in a corporate atmosphere, it could be in a relationship atmosphere, it could be at a grocery store. When you go in to a conversation and you say something to someone, that is on behalf of someone else. It's not really what you feel. You've never given it thought. You don't want the quarter pound of roast beef. You're getting it for your significant other. You don't really want to vote in favor of the following resolution that allows for casual days on Fridays, but you are asked to put in the vote for your boss or for someone who you answer to or for someone who actually just has the vote. That's what a proxy is. Proxy is the word of the day today. Because an article came out in the Los Angeles Times where mighty Max Scherzer gave an extensive interview about the lockout in Major League Baseball, about issues that are happening. And guess what? We're going to talk about what he said, but it was him talking. His mouth was moving. Ah, 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 ah. His mouth was moving. But it was Scotty Boras who was talking. That's his agent. Max Scherzer is on the executive council. That's a board of seven or ten players who are negotiating with the owners. Here's my MLB lockout update for January 4th, 2022. You thought I'd be silent for 6.9 seconds, didn't you? That's been every other update, but today we actually have one. The Players Union did not spend the vacation over Christmas, Hanukkah doing nothing, Tony Clark and Bruce Mayer, the two chief negotiators, Tony Clark, the head of the union. They were talking to their players. They were taking their pulses. They were working on proposals. They were thinking about issues. They were finding a path to end this lockout. Boy, wouldn't that be amazing if that's what they were doing? Do you know what they were really doing? They were sitting there thinking, hmm, what can we do from a PR standpoint That can get a message to the owners, a message to Commissioner Manford, a message to the fans. There's no better way than having Scotty speak to Maxie and have Maxie speak to a reporter in Los Angeles and have a big article come out in the Los Angeles Times where Max Scherzer discussed three principal issues that are facing Major League Baseball right now. Number one. He talked about, obviously, service time manipulation. You see, players always had the belief, and Max said this in the article, which blew my mind, because over 18 years, I spent half the time trying to explain that paying players for past performance is a surefire way to not win. And as I sit here with one ring out of 18 years, I can tell you I was a professional, not winner. But that's how it always was. When a player became a free agent, it was a name. It was sexy. You wanted that player on your team. You thought that that player would help you sell tickets, would help you win games, would be part of the legacy of your tenure as president, would just help the overall curating of your franchise Look at the performance the players had over the first five years, six years, eight years of his career. Sure, he'll be 36 or 37 at the end of that contract, but man, is it going to be worth it for all the ancillary reasons. You do the math, you convince yourself, it's total confirmation bias, but you are paying a player for past performance. And you say to yourself, the concept that we've discussed, which is marking a player's contract to market. That means what sort of benefit are you getting from a player contract when you are paying a rookie $800,000 and they are performing as though they could be making or should be making in an open market $25 million, then you are getting a $24 million bonus. If you are paying a player $24 million who is either hurt or ineffective and is worth $800,000, you've lost $23 million. You get the math. At the end of every season, we would mark every player to market, and we would evaluate where we were at the end of the year in terms of performance, who outperformed their contract, and whose contract outperformed them. So, when a free agent signs, you are hopeful that in the beginning of the contract, when they're not old, that they will outperform their contract. And then in the end, their contract will outperform them. And at the end of all of it, you'll look back and say it was about even and hopefully we won a World Series or sold more tickets or our team is worth more, etc. But paying players for past performance as the years have gone on, as analytics have become far more, more important in the game as owners have realized that hey look what the rays do they pay a guy a million dollars two million dollars and they beat our ass every year why are we paying for past performance the reason why service time manipulation is such an important arrow in our quiver i say our that's the first dollar of 2022 coca why we why that's the second dollar of 2022 Why management says that service time manipulation is so critical is that you are getting more years of performance at fewer dollars, thereby increasing your chances of outperforming a contract. Great. Max Scherzer acknowledged in the article that owners used to pay for past performance and they don't seem to do that anymore. Hallelujah. 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 does that mean that owners have figured it out completely is it unanimous that no teams are going to overpay players anymore of course not overpays happen right at december 1st actually before the lockout tons of that but it means that the players now realize that they need to correct and this is when owners have the upper hand that players are going after the straw man They're trying to correct the fact that owners are now paying for past, are no longer paying for past performance. So Max Scherzer, when asked about that, said, well, if they're not going to pay for past performance anymore, then we've got to find a way to get younger players paid more sooner. Yahtzee owners are more than happy to pay younger players more than they're getting paid because a victory for younger players will include younger players going from maybe a minimum of 600,000 to a minimum of a million It will involve arbitration and potentially involving more players getting four years of arbitration eligibility versus three, which means changing the rules for what's called the super two, all of which we've discussed in prior episodes, all of which is being argued over. Owners are more than happy to give in to those principles that now the players are saying they want. In order to protect what matters even more – which is another issue Max Scherzer mentioned that he didn't understand, that Scott Boris was trying to confuse the audience with and ended up just confusing Max with, and that is the concept of the competitive balance tax, the luxury tax threshold. The reason why Major League Baseball wanted a luxury tax was not as the players thought to stop only the highest spending teams. It was to reward all of the teams who don't go over the cap. Because any money in penalties that is paid by teams that go over the cap, spoiler alert, gets distributed to those teams who are under the cap we used to have as a revenue item with the marlins where we would count on teams going over the cap because we would count on that money being distributed to us because we knew we were never going over the cap the reason why the owners want to keep the cap as low as possible is they want as many teams as possible going over the cap this sounds crazy doesn't it Rob Manford would have you believe that they don't want teams going over the cap. Not true. They're more than happy to have the highest revenue teams go over the cap. It's like in the NBA when teams go over the luxury cap, right, The, the, the salary cap, and they have to pay a tax because that's another way of sharing revenue with low revenue teams which is another way of getting those low revenue teams to support him as commissioner to make sure that there's never a block of eight who could ever remove him as commissioner did i take my cynical pills today no i'm trying to explain what the room is like when there are 30 owners who pretend that they've got the industry in mind or the fans in mind or the state of the game in mind when all 30 actually only have themselves and their teams and the value of their teams and the operational success of their teams both on and off the field in their minds. That's it. Now we pretend... I always used to pretend, oh, I really care so much about the sport. I love the sport. I want the sport to thrive. No, I want revenue to go up so my team is worth more money. I'm not alone. I promise. So Max Scherzer, through Scott Boris as proxy, starts talking about that the reason for the luxury tax is obviously Not working because so many teams are coming very close to the cap, not going over it, which means it's serving as a true salary cap, not a tax threshold. Is that an epiphany that they just had? When they agreed to that in previous collective bargaining agreements, when it was first introduced and approved, was there a thought? that it wasn't gonna be that, because that is gross incompetence by the players' union. And the reason I happen to know that that's not the case is I had conversation with both players and representatives in the union back in the days of Gene Orza and Mike Weiner, where it was absolutely acknowledged what the luxury tax threshold was for, what it always was for, just like the debt service rule, which is another rule in baseball which talks about how much debt a team can have. And that was all based on not letting teams borrow money in order to spend that money on players. Everything the owners do is to keep salaries down. Spoiler alert number two for the show. Everything your boss does in your company, everything your CEO does of every public company whose stock you buy, every step they take, every breath is based on lowering salaries and expenses as much as possible without impacting revenue. If payrolls go down, do TV contracts go down? If payrolls go down, does attendance go down? No. We raised our payroll. Attendance didn't go up. We lowered our payroll. Attendance didn't go down. Our attendance was our attendance. The next thing Max Scherzer spoke about, which made me smile a little bit, is when he said it is bad for baseball when there is tanking. Tanking is a concept that the union is holding on to as though they are free solo climbing El Capitan, and they are holding on with chalk as though they believe, that you believe as fans, that tanking is the devil. How are you feeling in Chicago about tanking? You like likey? What about Houston? What about tanking for Tua? What about tanking for Tua's successor? Tanking is just a word that has been associated and used by people in the media and by players and players' association. Owners never say tanking, owners say rebuilding, retooling, restarting. Tanking is a strategy that is used by teams where the operators of the team are able to convince the owner of the team not to be delusional they're able to convince the owner of the team that they can look at their team look at other teams and use as a frame of reference the fact that they are not going to win enough games to get a ring and if you're not going to win enough games to get a ring then why win any games when you know that the revenue that you are going to lose by losing games does not come close to the revenue that you are going to, to the expenses, excuse me, 4669. When the expenses that you drop are far greater than the revenues that get lowered in conjunction with the drop in expenses, what would you do? If you could drop a dollar of expenses and only lose a dime of revenue, are you running a better business? Hmm. Yes. That's the goal that you should have in whatever business you're in. Drop expenses all the way as far as you can until, do you know the moment when you stop dropping expenses? I'll tell you. When you drop a dollar of expenses and you lose a dollar one of revenue. That's when you stop. In baseball, for all the teams who drop their payroll that are quote-unquote tanking, you're barking up the wrong tree. And what Boris is having Scherzer talk to you about as fans is that tanking is bad for baseball because fans will not appreciate or love baseball or go to games or associate with your team if you don't have a chance to win. Hmm. Is that true? because that hasn't been proven in one market ever that the drop in payroll has had a concomitant drop in revenue that is equal. So how does this end with Maxwell Scherzer? The article will go away. The commissioner's office now meets and they're going to see whether or not they want to counter that, see if they'll have an owner give an interview. Look for that in the next two weeks. There will be an article that will have an owner talking on the record, maybe a member of the commissioner's office, that will discuss where they are in the lockout, why they're doing what they're doing, why it's reasonable what they're asking for. They will not let this Max Scherzer piece stay as unanswered. Because the owners believe that you give a flying rat's pituitary gland about what you read in the paper when one side or the other is giving you propaganda. Who in their right mind pays attention to media propaganda? (laughs) That's funny, actually. Other than politically, where everybody takes the propaganda that is promulgated by all these stations around the country during election time, midterm election time, etc. Other than that, who believes if you're a fan of nothing personal the propaganda that is put forth by either teams or players Hmm. well speaking of propaganda it's january 4th the word of the day was proxy and guess what our main man is back our content king has come forward risen like a phoenix in the new year to give us the following
0: You know what I want. I want to talk to Samson.
1: So you want to talk to Samson. Get in that Twitter. Yes, I did receive a lot of people from the New Year's resolutions yesterday. If you didn't listen to yesterday's show, you can rate, review, follow Spotify, Apple, review, five stars, whatever you're supposed to do. Subscribe to Nothing Personal with David Samson on YouTube if you want to see the jacket of the day and the shirt of the day. And if you want to see an addition to the set that came during the break because there is an addition see if you can figure that out it's not that hard because are you looking are you looking can you see it so you want to talk to samson's when you get into the twitter david p samson ask a question hello david hello regarding the incident at fedex field is the team going to get sued hell yeah thank you for asking that What's FedEx Field, you may ask? It's the Washington football skins. It's the Daniel Snyder-led... Got that wrong. Wipe it. Two, four, six, nine. It's the Tanya Snyder-led Washington football skins. That team of unbelievable PR missteps. That stadium that is full of Old pipes that leak, old teams that stink, harassment, all of the other things. By the way, Coca, are you hearing in the background what's going on behind me? Can you possibly hear the... uh, I have no idea what's going on, but it's driving me absolutely insane. But there's nothing we can do. Should we continue the show, or should I run outside and say, stop what you're doing in the name of love? or in the name of the show. Coca said, keep going, because people can't hear it. And people need to work. (laughs) That is true. People do need to work. That's why we give 45 minutes. Are you talking about the listeners, or the people who are doing the lawn outside? Yeah, whatever. Okay. FedEx Field is in Washington. There was a game that happened on Sunday. It was the red team against the green team. And I, I think the Redskins were playing the Eagles, but I, I can't remember. But I think so. So Jalen Hurts it's the Washington football team. Thank you. The Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, and the Eagles win the game. He's going out through the tunnel, which is what players do when they're done with the game. And there's a group of Eagles fans who had just seen a road team win, and they are leaning over the tunnel, over a barrier to try to get a high five, try to get a sweatpan try to get a picture just try to lock eyes trying to genuflect in the general direction of their hero their winning quarterback and then bing bang boom the entire barrier collapsed and about seven people fell into the tunnel from the stands it was about a four foot fall but it didn't look great jalen hurts was somewhat shocked by it but he didn't run away he helped some people up he took a few selfies and then security came contemporary service company csc is the security at wft stadium fedex field that's who we used actually they're the ones in the yellow windbreakers they came and they ushered away the fans jalen hurts couldn't have been better about it and it got a lot of attention and i thought that'd be the end of the story except i knew what i would do if i were president if i'm president right of the Washington football team, I am dealing with this issue immediately. I am dealing with it in two ways. One, I am putting a statement out of what happened, why it happened and how it will never happen again. And two, I am contacting every single one of the security guards who were in the area and I'm asking them what happened in their minds. Three, I am making sure that every person who fell gets an autographed ball and a thank you. Instead, the Washington football team comes out with a statement saying that the Washington football team is aware of an incident in the Northfield Tunnel following today's game. To our knowledge, stop in the name of statements. The reason I don't put to our knowledge in statements is that what you're trying to legally say is, there could be things that we don't know, and therefore we're only gonna comment on what we do know, and so we're gonna say it's to our knowledge. Here's a hint, when you make a statement, only talk about things you do know, because then you don't have to say to our knowledge. If you don't know what follows to our knowledge, Then you shouldn't be saying it and if you do know what you are saying after to our knowledge then you don't need to say to our knowledge to our knowledge comma everyone involved was offered on-site medical evaluation and left the stadium of their own accord omg it got worse we're very glad no one appears to have been seriously injured yippee we're so glad I tweeted that yesterday Coke, because I couldn't stand it. You don't put we're very glad in a press release. Hey, we're so glad, we're jolly. We are thrilled that no one got seriously injured. And then of course, the end of every statement when someone gets hurt, the safety of our fans and guests is of the utmost importance and we are looking into what occurred. Okay. Do you know how easy it is to find out whether a fan in your building has gotten medical attention? Every fan who gets medical attention at a ballpark gets logged into a system. Every fan. Do you know when you run a marathon and you stop at a medical tent so you can get some KY jelly to stick where you're getting chafing right in your bum that they scan your number and you are forever in the log that at mile 16 at the Boston Marathon, you had jelly shoved where the sun don't shine? Oh, hello. Yeah. It's logged. Every single time you want a band aid on an airplane, guess what? It's logged. Seat 15F got a band aid at 37,000 feet. It is all about CYA, it's about logging the information. So, when you say that to our knowledge, everyone involved was offered on site medical evaluation and left the stadium of their own accord, okay. You better be right, because the minute that statement came out, you had five fans who said, hey, we were not offered medical attention. We were told to get off the field, and then we sought our own medical attention. If you're the president of a team and a fan says that we sought our own medical attention, you are thinking to yourself, O-M-F-G, we are going to have to P-A-Y. Because when you seek your own medical attention, there are lawyers who have told you to wear a neck brace, say your back hurts, say that you can no longer have physical relations with your spouse, and the following day, you've had nightmares about being trampled in the Serengeti by a bunch of hyenas. That's in the playbook. The way you stop that when you're running a team is when you have an incident, you make sure it is taken care of right then and there. You don't guess. You don't assume. You don't say to our knowledge, you do not let those fans leave until they have absolutely signed a piece of paper that says, I'm good. Because then if they go to the doctor the next day or the next day, you are allowed to use that as evidence. Hey, he was good when he left here. Something must have happened that caused him not to have coital relations with his significant other. There are steps to take that are outlined in the law, that are outlined in negligence and personal injury that are so easy. And the Washington football team did none of them shocking. The level of incompetence under Tanya is staggering. We need Dan back. So all of these people are now going to sue. Every single one of them. And here's the best part. The NFL now has to get involved. Because the NFL will now have to protect the other 31 teams from similar lawsuits. It's like when you have to take off your underwear when you're going on an airplane. Or take off your shoes for the shoe bomber. Do you know, Coca, that... uh, I I travel with candy, and there was somebody who got caught with some sort of bomb particles flying. I don't know if this happens to anyone else. My candy never makes it through the x-ray machine anymore. So I take my candy out, even though I'm TSA pre-check. I take my candy out and put it in a separate bin because I'm tired of having my bag searched, and then saying, oh, God, that's a lot of good and plenty. My God, are those spice drops? You're damn right they are. Can I go now? Well, I'd like to look at those non nonpareils. You can look all you want, but you better not touch. So the NFL now will have to change the rules so that all of you fans will not be able to approach the tunnels or reach your hand over ever again to try to get a high five or a sweatband. They're going to have security that will line it like Secret Service. Mark my words. You know what, Coca? It's a wait to see. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll revisit it, I promise. The NFL will be sending a memo to all teams regarding congregating at the tunnels. That is going to happen. You just wait to see. But don't worry if you're a fan of the Washington football skins because you've got the distraction. Forget the fact that your team is good or bad or that something happened at your field because they announced today, shockingly, that they're going to have an announcement on February 2nd of their new name and their new brand, whatever it may be. We have a wait to see, actually, that they're going to change their name, even though Washington football team is a finalist. That's not going to be the final name. I promise they're going to change it. I wonder why they announced today, on January 4th, that they're going to change their name and announce it on February 2nd. Hmm. I wonder whether that was part of their plan to make an announcement a month in advance Because that wouldn't be a part of anybody's plan because no one's going to remember that you said it a month ago that it's going to change. You do it within two weeks. So I wonder why they would choose today. Huh. Do you think Tanya had anything to do with the fact that every time they get negative press, they come out with a positive announcement about some charitable thing or some other thing they're doing to try to make you forget the fact that some negative thing happened? Nah. They're not that good, are they? When we come back, we're going to talk about Field of Dreams and we're going to talk about Joaquin Phoenix. And then I'm going to explain to you why Ken Rosenthal is no longer on MLB Network. We'll be right back.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore.
1: Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for being with us. Second day back. Hey, Coca. I did a Peloton class this morning. So, part of my thinking was that I do I run all the time and I used to bike when I was doing the triathlons, but that was now 15 years ago. So, I want to get back on the bike. So, I got a Peloton with the money that you weren't paid by CBS. And I got on it for the first time today, and I did a 20-minute class. And let me tell you something. I'm not Mr. Big. I didn't have a heart attack, but I sure as hell thought I was. My heart rate, I couldn't get down. I felt completely – I don't know what the word is. not not I days ago. I just felt, I felt inferior. Apparently, I finished 33,365th out of 45,000 participants who have ever taken the class that I took. It was a 20-minute rock class. And normally, I run for 40 minutes or an hour or two hours or four hours. I can run forever. When I was training for Ironman, I could bike for seven hours, eight hours, ten hours. There was something about the resistance on this peloton when that woman said, All right, go to 65 and get out of your saddle. I, I, I mean, I, I, I. Anyway. The point is, I'm still schwitzing right now. Okay. And I didn't have a heart attack. Thank you. I watched Come On, Come On a couple days ago. Come On, Come On is a movie that, for whatever reason, is not getting enough attention. It is available on early access on all your streaming platforms. Joaquin Phoenix, who is clearly not retired from acting stars in the movie with Gabby Hoffman. Gabby Hoffman is the girl who swallowed the hot dog who got resuscitated by Burt Lancaster in Field of Dreams when Frank Wally walked off the field, turned into Burt Lancaster, gave her the Heimlich, hit her on the back and said, she's just choking on a hot dog. Out comes the hot dog. Timothy Busfield from 30-something, who's now a director, says, oh my God, where did he come from? And Kevin Costner and Amy Magdigan, who is Ed Harris's wife, who was in a movie I just watched the other day as well, the guy from Apollo 13 in the vest, that Gabby Hoffman, who's now turning 40 in four days, star in a movie with a kid named Woody Norman. Woody Norman may not be a star because what happened to Jacob Tremblay? Remember him from that movie Room with Brie Larson? He was the cute kid who was on the award circuit. Woody Norman is a kid from britain who somehow has the ability to not have a british accent in a movie and plays gabby hoffman's son joaquin phoenix's nephew and goes on a road trip with joaquin phoenix it's a road trip movie it's a family movie and it is about a filmmaker joaquin phoenix who's making a film about interviewing children And what they think about life, what they think about their future, what they think about the world. Come on, come on is meant to represent yada yada. Please watch it. The performance by Joaquin Phoenix, it's just, it it is inspiring. But you look at Woody Norman, a child, and you say, wow. Wow that's a tiger woods level of talent for a kid or now i would say a charlie woods level of talent it's called come on come on which is also what i would like to say about what happened yesterday in mlb network come on ken rosenthal is a mlb insider and ken i know you listen to nothing personal and i do appreciate it. and you're going to hear this I really had a hard time with you when I was president of the team. And the reason I did, and the reason why we were not friendly the way we are now, we were associates, but not with the relationship we have now, is that you had sources that were so good that you knew what was happening before I did sometimes. You had the ability to release things that I wanted to do and that we wanted to do, and we were not able to control the narrative because you had this, these sources and that you were an MLB insider, and you would then release it, and it made me furious. Of course, I respect you unbelievably for cultivating those insider sources. I cultivate you, uh, congratulate you for the way you write, for the way you report, Then you join The Athletic, and you are a thoughtful writer, a concise writer, an informative writer, and above all, you are willing to write about baseball in a way that many writers are not because they fear for their jobs. There is no writer on MLB.com who writes the way you do. There is no reporter on MLB.com or MLB Network who says the things you say, and it costs you your job. MLB Network got rid of Ken Rosenthal. It was announced yesterday. And I want to give you a little insight into what happens at MLB Network, which is based in Secaucus, New Jersey. Now, if my agent Jerry is listening to this, which the odds are two to three percent, I'm sorry. MLB Network is no longer going to be a candidate to have me on their network. The only people who can be on MLB Network are people who understand that the owners own the network and the commissioner and the owners are paying attention to everything that's said. And if you say anything that is in the slightest bit critical or makes someone look sideways, your job is in jeopardy if you say or do anything off the network even though you're an employee of the network doing some of your other things your job is in jeopardy do you know the number of calls i took from our owner to contact people at the network because we weren't getting enough time enough attention something that was said was wrong or critical or we thought it was wrong or critical if you speak to people at the network they get calls from teams every single day Because our owner wasn't the only owner. There are 30 owners and a commissioner who pay attention because it's on in the background, in the clubhouse. It's on in the offices. They're paying attention to what number highlight their team is. We were a highlight in your 11 o'clock hour, and we were the eighth highlight. We only had 45 seconds, and we only had two plays shown. Call the network. There's a talk show that's happening on the network, and they just criticized our trade. Call the network. I want that retracted. You think there's a reason why people don't go to MLB.com to get up to the minute, the latest news or the rumors? Because MLB.com won't do that. There are no insiders. It's all horse hockey. Because as owners and presidents, we would say to the network, don't you trump us. When we've got news to release, let us release it the way we want to release it, when we want to release it. We are not going to do it as a a result of what you do, of what you break, of your confidential sources. MLB Network is team-owned, folks. It is absolutely at the top of the line of the propaganda machine and there's nothing wrong with it as long as you know i don't necessarily have a problem with cnn or fox or those other crazy networks because if you advertise what position you are taking on issues and then you take that position shame on you if you're watching that without paying attention to the other side of an issue or the other side of a position if you are only watching a network so you can hear people say what you believe and then use that as confirmation bias to believe it even more shame on you you're not learning you want to do something that's an exercise Watch a network that does nothing but talk about things that make your skin crawl. Be informed about what people are saying on the other side of issues. I have no issue with MLB Network simply giving you information that the owners want you to have. Everybody's up in arms that MLB Network would get rid of Ken Rosenthal for writing an article in The Athletic that was critical of the commissioner or for saying things about the lockout or whatever he may have done. Was he making too much money? Was he making too little money? Did he not want to renew? No matter what you hear, MLB Network, as other team-owned or company-owned sites, newspapers, any sort of way that information gets disseminated, They all do the same thing, which is make sure that they are only giving you the information that they want you to get at the time they want you to get it, period. So don't criticize the network for that. Don't criticize Ken for doing what he did and for moving on. We need people with an independent voice who are willing to give you two sides of an issue if we as an audience are not willing to watch both sides of an issue. And what's been proven in today's day and age is that we only watch the side of an issue that we agree with. That's a mistake. Ken, you're gonna be just fine as you tweeted. And by the way, you've got a gazillion followers. I've never seen you on TikTok though. And do you know the work Ken Rosenthal does with his bow ties for charity? Just as a side note. Anyway. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. We are 1-0, folks. Undefeated. Big Ben had a great last game. He did. They won 26-14. They were only favored by two. They won by 12. So we are 1-0. Steelers get the win. The Cleveland Browns, who were eliminated from the playoffs, are still eliminated from the playoffs. Baker Mayfield threw two interceptions two touchdowns, leaves the field, meets the media, and says, hey, I'm very busy right now. Please don't bother me with any more questions. I've got to talk to my family and my agents because I may want to have surgery right now and miss the last game of the season in week 18, which doesn't mean anything. So I'll get right back to you. I'm the president of the Cleveland Browns. I'm despondent. Baker Mayfield needs to talk to me, not his agents, not his family. You don't want to play week 18. You come into the training room. You speak to the trainers, the doctors, the GM, and the president. And we're going to talk about what's best for you going forward. Because we've got you for another year on your initial deal. And by the way, we can franchise tag you. We're not going to because you stink and our team stinks. But the bottom line is, you are under our control for three more years. You want surgery? We'll tell you when to get surgery. How about the Memphis Grizzlies I just had a conversation with Coca before the uh, show started is it possible John Morant is one of the top five players in basketball right now and he said no you've got LeBron you've got Jokic you've got Donkic who else did you say was in the top five you said Giannis that's four you didn't say Zion Williamson oh Joel Embiid Kevin Durant so he kept naming all these players I said, is John Morant better than Zion Williamson? He said, you're better than Zion Williamson. That's true, because we both have the same number of points scored in the NBA this year. Zion, that great number one pick, still hasn't played. Meanwhile, John Morant has the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies playing unbelievably well. They're going into Cleveland tonight. And they're getting three points from the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're playing back-to-back, because they're on the road, because the Cavaliers are fifth in the Eastern Conference or fourth or whatever they, wherever they are in the Eastern Conference. What an absolute joke line. Now, the problem with betting basketball these days is who's got COVID, who doesn't, who's going to be sitting load management, who bre- who took a breath of bad air, and now they're tired. They got on the plane. They woke up with the sniffles. They got a little sore throat. Call it in. Grizzlies plus three versus the Cavs. If Ja plays, which I assume he's playing, that's what we're taking to try to go 2-0 and on the season. We did a poll on Twitter. Please go at David P. Sampson and go do our poll because Coke and I are having an argument right now. We have... LeBron at 37, who he wants to tell me he's having his best season, he's averaging 28 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, whatever. And I said Tom Brady at 44, getting hit by 300-pound defensive ends running 40 miles an hour. It's much harder to do what Tom Brady's doing at 44 than what LeBron is doing at 37 get on Twitter and answer that poll please because he believes that all of you will say that LeBron at 37, what he's doing is more impressive and difficult than what Brady's doing at 44 and I vehemently disagree. And the other thing that we do here, the other thing that we do here on Nothing Personal is we love when you listen to the show, we love when you give us corrections because we don't get it right. Coke and I are do this show 45 minutes, it's unedited, And I make mistakes. I have no screen in front of me. I have no prompter. CBS doesn't give us five researchers to help us. I told you that with the 17-game season yesterday, we were talking about the Steelers or some other team or whatever we were talking about. And I had this unbelievably, what I thought was brilliant epiphany that nobody will finish 500 anymore. Because in a 7-18 game season, you can't go 8-8. Eight and eight. You have to go 9-8 and eight or 8-9. Eight and nine. So the days of 500 are over. And immediately, I got corrections from all of you. And you are correct. I was wrong. Because even the Steelers are a prime example. If you tie, you could finish 8-8-1. Eight, eight, you could finish 7-7-3. Seven, seven, and, and that would officially be a 500 record. I was wrong. All right? Thank you.